What's wrong with you people? I'm serious. This is Not Another Baptist Podcast, a weekly podcast about what two pastors are learning in the trenches of church revitalization. This podcast is sponsored in part by our friends at the Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. Visit swibbits.edu to find out more about what God is doing on Seminary Hill. Dr. Kyle Bierman, I feel like I haven't seen you in forever. How are you doing, man? It, I'm, I'm good. It's really only been two weeks because we were together in Nashville. This is we, true. We, we, we didn't we get to record, but we, together we were far together far too much in Nashville. Actually, we did <laughs> We did record. We, we recorded in the car. Remember? So, oh, that's set true. Your phone that's up true. And, yeah, we, so we did that. But that that has only been two weeks since we're... <laughs> yeah. Uh, I am glad you're back. It looks like your hair Thanks. has receded a little bit more uh, since we last saw one another. But uh, we had a great uh, chat last week with Dr. Biles and Dr. Kreiner. And uh, Biles, a uh, professor of preaching and pastoral ministries at Southwestern Seminary in Kreiner, uh, a megachurch pastor in Texas. <laughs> and so uh, we talked about pulpit fells, and I know you've never had one, uh, but, but I have had a very famous one that you wouldn't even let on air. Uh, but I promise you that we did not share that story because we had more than enough to pull from. So, so my, my biggest fail, since I wasn't on that episode, I'll, I'll just share it quickly. My biggest fail came not as a pastor, but as a worship leader, where uh, when I was in college, I uh, stood up and invited the congregation to uh, please stand and worship us. <laughs> and then I went, wait, no, that's wrong. Wait, no, stand and worship with us. Yeah. <laughs> so oh that's... man, there's there's part part of me hesitates to share some of these stories again since we had that guy give us a one star <laughs> review because we cut up too much. Uh, but but yeah, there was a number of great ones. Uh, and, and another guy that responded to that thread talked about his fail with the word resurrection, and uh, and so it was it was a good time though. We we got to talk really about coming out of those pulpit fails because we are all going to have them. We'll read the wrong text, or maybe it takes a while to uh, to find the verse. Uh, one, one story I didn't share real quick was a time, and I feel like I'm pretty good about knowing where the books of the Bible were. I mean, I did Bible drill. I've, you know, I read the Bible a lot. I mean, so I kind of know where they were, but normally if I'm making a cross-reference, I usually just go ahead and type it in my yeah. my notes or I will use that ribbon and mark it because it, it also, I think, is important to show our people that we're reading God's word as right. we're preaching God's word. So I try to do that as much as possible. Well, this morning I forgot to do that, or that morning I had forgotten to, to mark it, and I use just a preaching Bible. I, I don't use it any other time of the week. It's just yeah. to preach. And, uh, and so I hadn't marked it. I didn't put it in my notes. And so I have in my notes, you know, turn, turn with me to, to whatever it was. And this was like, I think it was even in the Psalms. And so it shouldn't have been hard to find. And so I started, I, I go to where my ribbon was and it was in like Nahum uh, because that's what we were preaching Sunday nights at that point. And, uh, and I start flipping and flipping and flipping and flipping. And I could not for the life of me find Psalm, whatever it was. And, uh, and so I kept flipping. And then at that point, you know, it's awkward. You're just trying to fill her, you know, like, because it's really important to see in God's word here, how blah, blah, and I'm fine. And I finally find it because God says, Blah, 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 blah. And so I pulled it off. I don't know how many people knew it, but I sure knew it. I was sweating absolute bu bullets. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. 
And what's funny is when you go back and listen to those, when that happens, it's usually not, but just a few seconds, Mm -hmm. but boy, in the moment, it feels like an eternity. I mean, it feels like, you know, hours are passing as you're flipping through the Bible trying to find that passage. Well, (laughs) this podcast is going to be a little bit of a word for the church members among us. Uh, We obviously, our biggest uh, audience are going to be church leaders and so forth. But speaking of pastor fails, uh, you can also encourage your pastor. And, uh, and so we want this to also be an encouragement to pastors, but this is also for uh, just the regular church members that are out there. Or if you are a pastor, you can do these things for other pastors. And uh, this comes from a listicle, I think we call it in the blocking world, uh, from Garrett Hell. He is at Pastor J.G. Hell on Twitter. He's actually taking a Twitter hiatus. So I didn't ask permission uh, to share this, but I thought it was too good not to share. Uh, But he shares seven ways that you can help your pastor serve with joy. And the very first one that pastor or church member or anybody can do is pray. Pray for your pastor. Kyle, you have left the pastorate. (laughs) you're serving in a different role with the north american mission board now you're serving pastors one of the things you get to do uh, i believe is being able to pray for them why why is that so important well so prayer is is in in many respects prayer is the least we can do right i mean if, if i if i have no interaction with you whatsoever during the week um you know i have no idea about the specifics of what's going on i can pray for you and yet at the same time um Prayer really is the most we can do as well, because that's that's interceding on behalf of of a pastor um, before the throne of heaven, and and bringing uh, his needs, his concerns. Even if we're not uh, clear on the specifics, we know that God knows exactly what's going on in that situation. We can ask for for peace. We can ask for clarity of thought as He prepares messages. We can ask for wisdom as He has uh, hard conversations with with church members. Uh, we can ask for purity in, in His life and. And, and in his marriage and, and all these things, we can bring our pastor before the throne of God regularly as, as a way to bless him and to, uh, to remind us, I think as well, when we, when we bring him before the, the, the father in heaven, it reminds us of the great weight that pastoring carries uh, as well. Yeah. I, I, I tell our folks often, I don't know where I heard it, but uh, you don't get the pastor that you want or expect. You get the pastor that you pray for. Oh, that's good. Uh, one of yeah. the great things Real you good. can do is simply just pray for, for one another. Just a moment ago, I uh, was visiting with Danny Forshe, pastor in Texas. And uh, before we got off, you know, I was ready to go. We're about to record all that kind of stuff. He said, let me pray for you. And, and it's amazing how that can turn your your day around and then flip it around and pray for him. And, uh, and so as a pastor, uh, pray, pray for those pastors in your local association. That's one of the easiest places to start. Uh, you've got a number of people. Those are the ones that you're going to be closest to in proximity. And then you will also have pastors that, you know, uh, through social media or Facebook groups or whatever it is, uh, those that you get to know and, and are friends with continue to pray for them. But if you are a member, you're not going to get the pastor that you want or expect, or even that you hired, you're going to get the one that you pray for. And uh, with that also comes the second one, Garrett says to let his wife and kids be themselves. 
th this is something that's important to to me, and I know it was important to you as a pastor. Uh, our our girls obviously are preacher kids. I, I mean, there's no way about it. Rebecca is a pastor wife, and there's no other way about that. But one of the things that we encourage our our folks, and I have to often encourage my own wife and remind myself, is our four girls are still just four girls, uh, 10, 11, 13, and 14, and are going to do things that a 10, 11, a 13, and a 14-year-old girl will do. Sometimes that means running around in the sanctuary, chasing people, whatever it might be, uh, but just let their wife and their kids be themselves. Why, why might that be important, Kyle? Well, yeah, because for, for one thing, like, like your kids, our kids um, up to this point in their life don't know anything different other than being pastor's kids, right? So, so to them, that's normal. Um, and, and the last thing that you want to do is, is create um, kind of an apprehension or this, um, this fear that when they walk in the church, they have to behave, right? That they're not, um, that they're going to do something wrong. And, and we, we, we never want to create that environment for kids. And so often, um, I, I was blessed with, with, uh, two churches that I served as pastor that, that did this really well. Um, they understood my, my kids were just kids, especially when, uh, when we first moved to, um, Clayton, I think they were three and two. And then when we moved to Alamogordo, they were, um, seven and six, I believe something, something along those lines. So, I mean, young and, and acted appropriately. Right. And, <laughs> and, and so I would, I would often, um, thank the, the church, you know, thank you for allowing my kids to be kids. Thank you for allowing my wife, um, to, to be my wife and not, not have to put on an air as a pastor's wife. And I think it's important to remember, too, if you're listening to this as a church member or maybe a search committee member, that you are hiring the husband. Yes, he comes with a wife. Yes, he may come with kids. Uh, but it's not uh, this built in. Uh, now you have a pianist. Now you have the child care director. <laughs> yeah, I mean, right. that may come. Uh, but let that wife, let those kids find where God has uh, equipped them and served them and blessed them with whatever gifts it may be and let them serve as they feel led. Don't just expect because you hire Matt Hensley that the wife is also going to be the pianist because I can promise you she can't <laughs> at all, not even chopsticks. So. Yeah. <clears throat> and, and and one of the blessings I think as, as a pastor's family is um, our kids spend a lot of time at church and that becomes the, that, that begins to feel like a second home, um, which can create some really great memories. And, you know, I mean, the, the stories are many about pastors, kids that have left the faith for one reason or the other, but I think this can go a long way in, in helping to buffer that. If, if kids have a, especially pastors, kids have a really, really good experience in church, know that they're loved, know that they're I accepted know that they're allowed to be kids. And yeah, like you said, sometimes that means they're going to run through the sanctuary because it becomes a second home to them, yeah. which for, for us for a long time was kind of a bonus, right? I mean, we, they get to see kind of the side of the church that no, that not a lot of people get to see. And, uh, and that can be a huge blessing if this is done well. Yeah. Well, what's number three, brother? Number three, don't expect him to do everything 
well. Amen. Uh, <laughs> because you, I, I joke a lot that I focus on quantity, not quality. <laughs> and so I've written a thousand books. They're do, all do a lot of things uh, very me, uh, in, 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 a, in mediocre ways. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, I, well, uh, I focus on on uh, quantity. No, uh, your your pastor is a real person. He is going to make mistakes, like we talked about last week. Uh, there, there's going to be things that come out in the sermon, either that are funny. Or just they, it's been a difficult week of a number of burials or hospital visits or whatever it may be. And maybe he wasn't able simply because of time, not because of laziness or whatever, but may not have been able to give his A game when it came to sermon prep. Or he's a bivocational pastor and trying to write everything on Saturday night. Don't expect your pastor to be both like Adrian Rogers in the pulpit and, you know, Billy Graham out on the streets and whoever is great at you know, ongoing pastoral ministry. Uh, he's not going to do each and everything well. And, uh, and I think that really ties into number four, where you can email very specific encouragement. Uh, Garrett talks about, about sermons. I would, I would add, I don't disagree with that at all. I would add uh, just in general, uh, just let him know that you, you know, like number one are praying for him or things that you notice that he's doing well. Thank you for, you know, leading your family. Well, thank you for doing whatever, be very specific about the encouragement. And Kyle, I know we've talked about this before. I love it when somebody after the sermon says, you know, hey, pastor, great sermon today. That's great. I mean, I'm not complaining about that at all. What I love even more is when somebody comes up after the sermon and said, I loved it when you said blank or made this point or made this application or whatever, because it shows more than they just appreciated that you preached this sermon, whether they remember anything or not it goes to something that they heard from it and it's very specific Kyle yeah absolutely and and for one it shows they're paying attention right they're not just you know hitting cruise control and 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 sleeping through the sermon and then, oh oh pastor that was the best sermon I've ever heard and you know every every sermon you preach is better than the last one and <laughs> and and yeah specific encouragement you know I appreciated when you uh, you know I remember getting a message one time and, and it was from a lady and just said I um I appreciated that you knew my name when I saw you at Dollar General. Yeah. And, and to me, I mean, I just, I said, hi, you know, I, I don't, now, ironically, I don't remember what her name was, but at the moment I did. And, uh, and I just said, hi, you know, and said by, by name and, and she messaged me and she said that that meant a lot that you knew who I was and uh, wasn't a member of our church. Um, just, you know, somebody in the community that we'd gotten to know. Um, and so, yeah, those, those things are, uh, those things are really good when you, when because when you're specific, that lets your pastor know that you've keyed into something, right? That you, you are paying attention and it's not just kind of this blanket. Oh, you know, we appreciate you and everything you do. Th those are nice, but, but it, it packs an, an extra punch when it comes with a specific action. And I don't know about you, but like, if I hear an amen at a certain part in a sermon, it's like red meat has just been thrown out and I'm going to hit that heart, that point even harder. And so really, if you see something like this and you encourage that, like, you know, thank you for doing blank. And it really meant a lot. Or thank you for remembering my name. As Kyle just said, that in, in my opinion is going to help that pastor do even more of that right. because you're encouraging what you're seeing in a good way. And, right. uh, and so 
uh, all of that happens uh, because your your pastor may not have gone to Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. If he did, he would do everything well. He would know to let his wife and kids be himself. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, we've got six great seminaries, but Southwestern Seminary reminds us that the church needs leaders with deep theological knowledge and hands-on ministry experience. At Southwestern Seminary, you get both. The Southwestern faculty is dedicated to providing faithful biblical teaching as well as walking alongside students as they grow in ministry. If you're called to serve God's church, then Southwestern is ready to help you live your calling. Learn more at swbts.edu. How was that for a transition? That was pretty good. Man. That, was, that was good, right in the middle. Nice. Yeah, you, you handled right it. Middle. You handled it well. I was encouraged well. by that, Matt. Good. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you for that specific encouragement because the next <laughs> one is... Get that pastor out of the church. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> Number five is give him a sabbatical. Now, Kyle and I haven't served long enough to ever get a sabbatical at our church, uh, but these these are a blessing for your preacher. Well, so uh, so, you... so so Garrett says give him sabbaticals. It's yeah. um it, it's plural, and so I would say without being able to consult uh, Garrett about exactly what he meant here. I, I, I think what he's getting at here is just times of rest, right? Give him breaks. So no, he um, didn't want you to have any vacations or anything. This is talking about like seven years down the road. Then seven years, you get like the three months off or whatever. Yeah. So those are good. Um, as you mentioned, not, I, I've not, I've never been in a church uh, at that seven year mark to get one. Um, I, I know you haven't either. Um, but, but here's, here's, is one of my encouragements. Um, almost nobody, no pastor that I've talked to uh, in the last year took their allotted vacation time. Um, I know, you know, we've talked about this before. I didn't, um, I don't think you took your, your well, full my, allotment in my secretary 2020. Would, would be jumping on here and said, yes, he did. Yes. He did. <laughs> so last year through COVID, I did not. Okay. Uh, this year I have actually made up for that by being gone <laughs> a little extra because okay. I had to graduate and I still have a few more trips to go. Okay. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, normally this is one of my, the things that I will just beat into the head of every pastor I yep. ever talked to is at the very least, are you taking a, a Sabbath rest, if you will, during the week, any given week, uh, there's going to be weeks where it may be very impossible, close to impossible, but still just getting away for a couple of hours at a coffee shop, whatever it might be going for a drive, just getting away is important. Also having, if your church gives you two months, ask them or two weeks, ask them for three, uh, <laughs> whatever they give you, take it. Uh, you know, there's plenty of pastors out there. I know in our case, even in the middle of nowhere, uh, we've been able over the past few weeks when I was gone two weeks for the SBC meeting, and then a few weeks before that, uh, we've had three different uh, leaders and, and pastors in our area that have come to be able to preach, even in the middle of nowhere. Now, all of them drove at least two and a half hours. Two of them drove about four and a half hours, uh, though at the point he came to preach for us, he was at the road at the camp. Uh, but uh, but he came and he preached, they came, they preached. And uh, so you need to maybe have on the Rolodex, if we still use those or on your phone, some people that you can call and say, hey, Kyle, I, I know you've just moved to Lubbock. Uh, I really need a break and I can't find anybody to preach. Will you come and preach for me? And uh, or just beg Mark Clifton to come instead. Um, that's right. It's <laughs> good preaching, but uh, that's another good reminder. Yeah. And, and so if you are a church member listening to this and you know that 
with with the craziness of 2020 that your pastor did not take enough time. Uh, let me encourage you, be an advocate for this area, uh, maybe to even give him a little bit of extra uh, vacation time this uh, this fall. You know, I, I would love to see some pastors across the board who, whom their churches grant like a month off uh, in this fall, you know, as we, as we've now kind of come through COVID and, and things are returning back to normal. Um, man, I know a lot of guys that are just exhausted because this, this last, uh, you know, year, 16 months was, was rough for everybody. Uh, but especially for pastors as we were having to make so many decisions and, and all the changes that that brought. And so if, if you're a church member listening to this, be an advocate for your pastor to make sure that he's taking adequate time off this year um, to rest and relax and rejuvenate from uh, this, this last year that we've all experienced. Yeah. We're going to skip number six. We'll, we'll finish the, with that one. Cause that's the most important okay. of all of them. But number seven <laughs> says hire support staff if you can. Uh, now, most of our audience are in churches like ours where we, we are very fortunate to even be able to have a part-time uh, administrative assistant. Uh, you may be pastoring a church and uh, you're doing the bulletin, uh, you're doing the announcements, you're doing the slides, you're doing everything because your church cannot and may be several thousand dollars away from doing that. Uh, in, in that case, if you have some members at your church that may be willing to even volunteer to say, hey, if you'll do the, you know, maybe I don't know how to do word, but I can fold the bulletin. You do the bulletin, I'll fold it. You know, come up with a way to get some help. Uh, but if you're listening to this and you are on like the personnel, you know, pastor, just send this as like a passive aggressive thing uh, to your personnel committee. We'll, <laughs> I was actually going to we'll say that at the end, like, like you just, yeah. just send this to your biggest critic. Just, yeah. just say, Hey, this is a great, uh, you should listen this to this. Great. Yeah, check this out. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like when the people, you know, had, had won or didn't win, you know, the church gave them a car. And like, I think Hal told us like no pastor anywhere is going to share this. So I'm going to share it and do this for your people. You know? So, yeah. but, uh, but yeah, if you can, can, you need to get some help. Uh, we we have kind of made it very intentional that we want to be able to give as much as we can for church planning and the cooperative program uh, instead of bringing on extra staff. Uh, and it would obviously make things easier. Uh, but we've also been very intentional about finding ways to raise up people to carry the load. And so if you're at a church, maybe several thousand away from being able to bring on a secretary or another staff member, uh, look for people in your church or that you know in the community that would be willing to help with some of these kind of the, the menial tasks that maybe, you know, you don't get a whole lot of joy from or whatever, but they need to be done. Uh, you can get some help to to free you up for sermon prep and visiting and all the other kind of stuff. Kyle? Yeah, and, and same thing. I, I would say if you are a non-pastor, so if you are a lay person, a church member listening to this, be that person who goes to the pastor and says, I want to serve in some capacity. And, and quite honestly, that may mean um, going up one afternoon and vacuuming the sanctuary because you're going to relieve someone of that, unless you have a paid custodian. If you don't, then, then there are, there are needs like that. Right. And sometimes as pastors, I, I know um, we can feel like we're constantly begging for help from the, from the pulpit, especially around this time as VBS, begins to amp up and some other things. So, so I would just encourage you, if you're a church member, um, don't be one of those that waits until the pastor's begging for something to, to do it. Um, you know, not everybody's called to work um, weekly in the youth or the student ministry, but when it comes to things like VBS and, and maybe some other activities, we would always say those are all hands on deck uh, moments. And so be, be one of those church members that is 
willing to serve. Um, and, you know, so now that I am a beginning this Sunday, uh, we'll just be church members, not, not pastors, just, just church members. Um, we just start I, praying for that church. Yeah. I've, I've already had, <laughs> I mean, I had lunch with our pastor and, and I just asked him, I said, where, what can I do? Where do you need help? And VBS is coming up at the end of the end of July. And as much as Michelle and I joked about, um, waiting to join until after vacation Bible school was over. We are not doing that. Uh, we, we are joining and then we will most likely be helping in VBS somewhere at the end of the summer. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying to model that now that I'm a church member, uh, not a pastor, um, to, to be someone that, that know where they know that I'm, our family's willing to serve in whatever capacity we can. Yeah. The, uh, the very final one is the most important one. Uh, we say that kind of feast facetiously, uh, but uh, because pastors are not in it for the money. But number six on Garrett Kell's list is pay him well. Yeah. Uh, I'm not touching that one. I'll go for it. <laughs> well, now, so, now that yeah. I am a, now that, now that I am a church member and not a pastor, uh, let me say this. I, you know, I've heard kind of joked through the years that um, that old adage, you know, well, well, Lord, you keep them humble. We'll keep them poor. And, yeah. and some churches that almost like to brag on, how little they pay their pastor. Um, that's not biblical. <laughs> yeah. um, and, and look, I, you know, I've, I've been in ministry uh, for a number of years, Matt, I know you have too. I've never met uh, a pastor who I thought was um, greedy, was just in it for the money. Um, but, but guys who, who really did give their heart and soul to the work of ministry for whatever the church was willing to pay them. And, and we've been blessed with churches that, that paid us well, uh, as well as they could have. And so pay that, that would be my uh, encouragement, pay him as well as you can find, find reasons to pay him more, not reasons to skimp out on, on paying him because as you do. So what you do is you remove a major distraction in life. Because if his, if his needs are taken care of financially, he and his family's needs are taken care of financially, he will have the time to devote to the church and to the work of the ministry without having to worry about, about that side of things. Yeah, and, and sometimes I, I think a unmentioned part of, you know, pastors leaving somewhat early, uh, you know, moving out of a pastor very soon, you know, certainly with youth pastors, but it's even a situation with senior pastors is uh, if the guy is struggling to, to make ends meet week in and week out, month in and month out, uh, eventually, uh, you know, yes, he's called. Yes, he wants to stay there, all of that kind of stuff. But sometimes just for the sake of his family, he's having to look for something else that would provide for that, whether it's a side job or whatever it is. And if you get him with the side job, um, you know, that has some benefits, but it also means he's not as accessible. Right. And, uh, and so it's something that you need to, to keep in mind. Um, you know, you're not trying to tempt him to stay, uh, but don't make it an easy reason to, to bolt as soon as he can find something else. Kyle? Right. And, and I would say um, along those lines, find ways that you can bless him um, and his family as well. Right. So if, if you know, your pastor is, is not paid as well as he should be, um, but you could bless he and his family, like with beef, um, do that. If, if you can bless them with a restaurant gift card, and, um, and, and I, I know Matt would probably agree with this one, if you can bless the pastor and his wife with a date night and also childcare, that is a huge blessing, right? I mean, give, give them a, a, a restaurant gift card and babysitting um, as a babysitting offer as well. Um, those, 
those can be huge blessings to your pastor and, uh, and, and go beyond just the, the salary on, on paper, that there are other ways that you can bless he and his family as well. Well, brother, I love you, and uh, love you I too. just want to let you know I'm praying for you. I want Michelle and the kids to be themselves. I know that you're not going to do everything well, um, but uh, a sermon that I heard you preach at one point was was pretty good. Thank you for that. <laughs> I'm glad you have a break from uh, pastoral ministry for a moment as you get to throw yourself into pastoring other pastors, and I'm glad you are paid well by Kevin Ezel. That Hey, that kind of rhymes. <laughs> And uh, I want to encourage you to hire support support staff if you can. Uh, so that winds everything down. Kyle, why don't you send us out? All right. Thanks for joining us. Until next time, may your coffee be as black as night and as bold as the gospel you declare. Yeah. Uh, Michael Kreiner still hasn't figured that out because we were, I sent it to him one more time and he's like, uh, uh, bye. <laughs> so have a great day, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We want to connect with you on Facebook at Not Another Baptist Podcast or on Twitter at NAB underscore podcast or our website at notanotherbaptistpodcast.com. Until next week, we encourage you to check out csbible.com to learn about the Christian Standard Bible, our favorite translation for its blend of readability and accuracy. Have a great day and God bless. What's wrong with you people?